Oh, hi, Munchers. Welcome to another exciting episode of Monday Movie Munchy Madness. This is your co-host, Michael, reminding you, as always, that this podcast contains movie spoilers. And the movie it contains spoilers of this week is Steven Spielberg's The Post. In case you haven't joined us before or you're joining us for the first time in a while, this is a two-way conversation. Uh, we're adding a new mailbag segment this week. We have a few uh, writers who, or re- listeners who wrote into us. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at MMMMPod, or you can hit up Nick at NickOwen2 on Twitter, Michael at MBCOMN on Twitter, or write us an email at, G- at MMMM4Ms, MMMMPod at gmail.com. And we'll, uh, we'll voice your question right here on the air and get back to you. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Munchy Movie, Monday Madness. I'm Nick Owen. I'm joined today by Michael Brown. Michael, uh, here's 40 bucks. Why don't you go see what our rival podcast is doing, huh? Are you sure this is uh, strictly illegal, Nick? Uh, what is it exactly you think we do here, kid? <laughs> uh, fantastic. Um, last week, we saw Tanya. We did. We had some mixed reviews between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you liked it, I didn't. Have your thoughts changed at all since... Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Okay. Just curious. Nah, you weren't that persuasive. Yeah, no, I realized that. Not for me, at least. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, did you go to, like, ice skating or anything since... No, I didn't, but I did watch a little bit of the uh, Tanya Harding documentary. You did? On TV. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, it kind of showed, recapped all the news that was going on at the time. Pretty interesting stuff. And interviewed her and whatnot. I have to go back and watch the entire thing. I really only caught, like, 20 minutes of it. But... Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll, I would like to dive in a little more. I talked to uh, my parents, or, like, my dad about it mm-hmm. a little bit. He was... He seemed anti Tony Harding. Yeah. The, but he hadn't seen I, Tony. I, I don't know. Right. He just remembers it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, looking back at just the, sm- the small amount of footage that I saw from back when that actually happened... The general sentiment was very anti Tanya, extremely anti Tanya. So that makes perfect sense. All right, Uh, you want to get into some trailer talk now? Yeah, let's do it. Hit the sound. Trailer talk. So this week in uh, movie trailers before the post, we saw there were a few that we'd already seen before. Uh, Winchester, the house that Ghost built, had a an extended trailer. Yeah. That made it look even more ridiculous and uh, even more of a ghost story. It's funny. I mean, you want, you're trying to get it on the schedule, right? I would like it on the schedule just because it's a local story. Mm. Even if it's a total bullshit story, yeah. it's still a local story. Of course. And uh, if we do see it, we'll try to see it at the movie theater that's right across the street from the actual Winchester Mystery House. That's yeah, it's too bad they don't have the ones that, are even, that used to be even closer, you know? Right. Used to be right behind the place. Did they ever tear those down? Those were like national, like landmarks or something. Uh, I think they tore them down, didn't they? Yeah, I think yeah. they were. I thought they were trying to fight to save them, but I, I think they couldn't think of anything to do with them. I don't them. know. Did they tear them down? I don't I know. I think they're gone. I think they are too. I don't remember seeing them they for a while. They seem more haunted than us. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't, we don't really have to get into that too much. Annihilation. I know this is one you're excited about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, me too. It looks 
not interesting. I'm thinking about reading the book before too. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure, I didn't. Yeah, I know we got a special guest for that one. Right. As well. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that one. Uh, Mama Mia, here we go again. Yeah. Did you see the first one? <laughs> I did not. Me neither. Yeah. I would probably rather stab my earballs out with a <laughs> pen knife before I'd actually sit down and listen to that movie. It's got the girl from uh, Baby Driver, though. Yeah, I know. I love, I love her. She's another adorable. singing movie for her. Yeah. She seems like she's got a great voice. I still. Just, yeah. Oh, you, my favorite part of that is when they uh, brought out Cher. Yeah. It's supposed to be like this big moment. It's like, oh, yeah. I have a quote there. from our statistician here when we were sitting watching the movie. He said, We're still supposed to get excited about Cher. That's what he turned to us and said. Yeah. Uh, someone said it was Lady Gaga, and I, I literally thought it was Lady Gaga. It will, that will be Lady Gaga in like 40 years. She'll be doing guest spots like that on movies, probably. Like Mama Mia. Yeah. And Here we go again. Mama, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that looks awful. Yeah, we it's like a real tough not, one to sit there. We're not gonna see that. There's some Meryl Streep in that movie. <laughs> yeah, I think the cast is like outrageous, but it doesn't mean it's gonna be good. Yeah. It still looks awful. Um, Sicario Two Soledado. Yeah. I don't know how to say that. I don't even know if I wrote that down correctly, but Soledad. Soledad. It's probably just Soledad. I think. And I just wrote Soledado. Yeah. Uh, you have not seen the first Sicario, correct? No, I don't think so. It is Soldado. Oh. Oh, whoa, whoa. Sorry. I thought I added an extra dado. Soldado. Soldado. Oh, so I had an extra couple letters in there. I thought there was an extra vowel somewhere. Yeah, I think I just wanted there to be one so that I could say the word. So what do you think? Is that something you're excited for? Um, yeah, Sicario is really good, but it's not the same director. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm a little, I'm not exactly excited for it. I just think it's ridiculous the way he shoots that gun in that trailer. Yeah, it's like you're at the arcade and you're playing. Yeah, you, what did you say? Time Stories? Time Crisis. Or Time Crisis, did you say that? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, I don't think that would work in real life. You'd be shooting all over the place. Uh, this next movie is 1517 in Paris, we've talked about yeah, at length. At length. Uh, Love, Simon. Yeah. It's a story about a coming-of-age story, but one we haven't heard before about a young homosexual child yeah yeah I mean what what can you say about it it looks I'm sure it's uh, it's probably not up uh, my alley yeah I'm sure it's a real uh, it seems a little cheesy yeah it did I'm sure it's an important movie for some people I'm definitely not going to bash on it no Um, it's just not for me yeah probably won't be seeing that one but uh, Red Sparrow this one I will be seeing. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big J-Law. J-Law guy. Big J-Law fans here on the cast. Yeah. Um, the one thing about this uh, movie trailer that I noticed this time that I hadn't noticed before was they used the same font that Kanye West used for Mercy. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, he did, he, it's like that red font, yeah. but it's like almost like it's like stenciled, sort of, where it's kind of like sloppy red. They use the same font for this, so I'm like, eh. That turns you off of the movie. A little bit. Oh, wow. Because it's just not original, you know? It's, yeah. That's been used, and it was... Maybe the movie's so good that they just don't even care about the trailer. Maybe. Like, yeah. I'm still excited to see it. It looks, yeah. it looks pretty sick. You're probably right. That's not the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that, that's kind of it. Those were the trailers for that movie. So, 
few things we're excited about and a few things we'll probably be skipping. Yeah. But, uh, Pretty standard for trailer talk. Yeah, exactly. And if you, you know, if you, if you hear us say we don't want to see something and you think we've got a, you've got a compelling reason for us to see it, go ahead and write to us and we'll, uh, take it under consideration. Yeah, we'll take it under consideration, send it back to the review board and see what comes back. Uh, what's up next on the agenda for this week, Nick? Well, we saw a movie this week, believe it or not. Do we really? Yeah. What was it called? Uh, it was The Post, oh, starring the Post. Tom Hanks, starring Meryl Streep, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. The inimitable Steven Spielberg. Yes. Wow. Words. Yeah. <laughs> Stole that one from Norm MacDonald. It's one of his favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Since he hasn't done a podcast in a while, I figured I'd bring it back. Yeah. Let's borrow it. Yep. Yeah, he can have it when he gets back on there. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you came in, we probably came in pretty high on this movie. Yeah, uh, I, I think I predicted maybe a seven. Yeah, I think so. I might have been even a little bit right around there. Yeah. A little higher. Maybe a seven. We'll say it's seven. <laughs> really? Well, I'm saying a seven because that's where I left the movie. You left coming out of I, I came out of it with a seven. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm about the same. It was a, okay. uh, it was a good, not great tale of journalism. Yeah, exactly. It was, yeah. Um, It's not, it's not even close to uh, Spotlight or All the President's Men Mm -mm. or, uh, you know, some of the other good Spielberg movies in general. Yeah, I I think. uh, It's not Spielberg's best, you know. No, I I think it's very, it's very Spielberg in that fact that it it was like perfectly done. Yeah, there were no flaws. No flaws, completely flawless execution of this movie. But as far as far as the story goes, a little boring. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to put my finger after we watched the movie. I was I was like, wow, that was like a really good movie, but it didn't really grab me. And I was trying to put my finger on it, and it was, I, it was kind of boring. It was a little boring. Yeah. yeah. I talked to my mom who who thought the same thing, and she's like, you know what it was is. The, the story is just not that good. Yeah. Like, that's... that's the cast was amazing. Right. Yeah. You know, like, the, the two leads were amazing, obviously. Absolutely. Um, just, like, the way the movie was made was, like, compelling. Yeah, definitely. But... All the, all the players the story that were at play... Yeah. yeah, the story's not that great. It's yeah. like... I mean, if they if those papers had to be, like, smuggled out of Vietnam secretly and, all, you know, all this... If that, if that were if there were a better story about how those papers came to be other than some guy walked found them in a drawer walked out with them and photocopied them yeah. and then just gave them to the journalists like that's not compelling no. that's there's nothing dangerous about that story there's nothing so um, the most dangerous thing was Kay Graham Meryl Streep's character was trying to go public with the company because they were a little yeah they they were a little cash flow yeah. cash flow issue right and so. Um, whether she was going to publish this or not had a potential bearing on whether their initial public offering was going to be accepted by the bankers. Like $2 more or not. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. And and all they show is her rolling around her in her mansion with her kid and her grandkids. Rich kid talking about like hanging out with the president's sons. and Yeah, exactly. Uh, like nothing, it's not going to hurt her at all. She can just probably never work again and be completely fine. Um, and she's talking about how it's a family business and stuff, but there's really family no family left to give it to. She can give it to the daughter. The daughter was like raising her kids. She's cool. She's, she doesn't, it's not like she's going to be homeless if the yeah. paper goes under or anything like that. It's not like even the paper's going to go under if they do this. Yeah. 
Like the 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 one potential was like if they get indicted in court for this and she becomes a felon, Meryl Streep's character, then she wouldn't be able to own a newspaper because of, and they lose their TV stations. So basically, the, this, yeah, this conglomerate was so big that they didn't even talk about everything that they had, but they own TV stations and all this kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, I feel feel real bad for these people. They're really fighting for their lives up here. <laughs> no, not exactly. Not really. No. Um, but yeah, great performance. How many times have you heard someone get uh, applause during a scene? Mid in a scene, movie? like yeah. it wasn't post movie. Like I've heard post movie applause, of course, but yeah. like, uh, like mid, like post scene applause for Meryl Streep. Yeah, it was probably deserved. Like absolutely. I mean, only Meryl Streep can pull that off. People give it a little cheer. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I got out on that a little bit. Yeah. yeah she was sure. really good. And then just surrounded by an amazing cast, Tom Hanks, Bob Odenkirk. The cast was amazing. Tom it was, like, almost too good. They couldn't use everyone, like, to their full extent, you know? Right. Like, people like Carrie Coon are in it, like, barely utilized. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, uh, okay, I guess having Carrie Coon as, like, this small supplementary character is pretty nice you know? yeah I mean David Cross is a glorified extra in this movie yeah really it took me a while to recognize him yeah really Different. Yeah. Uh, well he's like fat I think it was the uh, the voice like you could hear his voice yeah for sure yeah he did look super different though yeah yeah uh, Jesse Plemons yeah Jesse, Jesse Plemons kind of so uh, Jesse Plemons I, I'm looking on Reddit uh-huh. Uh, and they list the cast and they list like Meth Damon Meth Damon yeah Meth Damon and like I was like what the hell is Meth Damon is that really someone's name <laughs> like that sounds like maybe uh, what I'd start calling Matt Damon after his next terrible movie or two yeah exactly right <laughs> yeah but apparently uh, it's Jesse Plemons nickname Really? Yeah. Oh, that's super funny. Because he was on Breaking Bad. That's great. I had to look up, like, I Google searched Meth Damon. Yeah. Because I was like, and it just immediately took me to Jesse Plemons. Oh, that's super funny. <laughs> Meth Damon. Meth Damon. <laughs> um, that's funny that you mentioned Meth Damon because I, I'm, you gave me the Disaster Artist, the book, which is excellent, uh, yeah. What's by it the called? way. Um, I don't know. The Disaster Artist? Oh, it doesn't matter. Can you can you look that up yeah, for us? Yeah. Um, anyway, so in the book they explain because we you know we obviously saw the disaster artist did a podcast on it. Um, <laughs> the reason that the main character's name is Mark in the room is because uh, they went and saw a movie. They went and saw um, the talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. So that was the talented Mr. Yeah, the talented Mr. Ripley, I think. And uh, Tommy Wiseau, like, was so blown away by the movie that he wanted to name the character in his movie it like inspired him to write The Room and yeah. he wanted to name the character after Mac, Matt Damon but he thought his name was Mark Damon <laughs> so he's like that would be the character's name Mark you will be called Mark but it's supposed to be but Matt but it's supposed to be Matt right? <laughs> he just didn't understand that Matt Damon's name was Matt oh Damon. that's pretty funny yeah How's, how is that book it's excellent yeah. I'm almost finished I've, I've been pacing myself and only reading like a chapter a night Rave it's reviews from compelling. both you and Rib Trainee. It's it's funny. It's it's one of the rare books where you're I'm reading it and I'm actually laughing out loud as I'm reading the book. Yeah. L O L. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. 
Is it the disaster artist, My Life Inside the Room? Probably. Yeah. Can I see the By cover? Greg. Is there a cover? By Greg Sestera? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, great. And they give a lot of backstory about Tommy and stuff. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's good. I'm going to give it to you when I'm I'd like to read it, yeah. I'll give it a little It'll be done uh, probably before this podcast comes out. Okay. What? <laughs> Did I just say that? It won't be. I won't be finished. I'll be finished this week, though. I'll give it to you. Uh, what else about uh, that story? What the post? Bruce. The post. Yeah. So you want to describe the uh, the story a little bit and describe why it was so boring? Yeah, I mean the, the basic story is that there are these papers, the Pentagon Papers, that basically were um, Bob McNamara, Robert McNamara, um, ordered the ordered an investigation of um, the Vietnam War from the United States government standpoint to see, you know, was it a success? Like, should we be there? You know, is, is there a reason to have this war going on? Are we going to, do we have a chance of winning and all that kind of stuff? And of course, all the reports came back that, no, the United States cannot win this war. Um, there's no reason that the United States should be in this war. This is basically a waste of money. This is a waste of lives and all this stuff. And these were kept secret from the public because if the public knew about this... President after president. Yeah, it went through like three or four presidents and each one of them was basically didn't want to be the one to lose a war on his his watch and basically admit defeat for America. And so each one of them just kept the war effort going and people were dying and obviously money was being spent as this war proliferated and we were never going to the US was never going to win they were never going to win so it was basically just going to keep going until someone had the balls to step up and, and actually shut it down and pull the plug on it um, and when that and so when the these papers were put into the, the hands of um, for safekeeping like this RAND Corporation and what happened was someone working at the RAND Corporation took this report uh, stole it, photocopied it, put it back, and then gave it to some journalists. First, the New York Times, and then the Washington Post. Yeah. And basically, what happened was the um, New York Times started publishing articles based on these papers that were very revealing of the government and how they knew that we couldn't win this war. And it was the first time the public was getting any of this information. And so the U.S. government put an indictment against the uh, New York Times and brought him to court and said, you know, cease and desist, you can't publish any more of these papers. This yeah. is basically endangering the U.S. interests and, and putting soldiers in danger and all this stuff to get them to stop because they didn't want the public to know everything sure. that they knew. And then the Washington Post had the decision, do we go ahead and continue to publicize these, um, these papers or... Uh, since they had the same source, are they going to possibly get indicted? And the owner, Meryl Streep's character, Kay Graham, would uh, become a felon and wouldn't be able to own her newspaper anymore. And they were trying to IPO and all this stuff. And the main crux of this story is this decision that Meryl Streep has to make about whether or not she should publish these papers, which are already being published. The United States the public already understands. Bored yet? Yeah. Are you bored? Because I'm <laughs> yeah. bored talking about this. I'm bored listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the movie. It yeah. sort of drags on. It's not that compelling. It's really not. It's not that great of a story. Like why they chose this, I, I, I don't fully understand. I can only dream and surmise that. It's a crazy story though. Like, I mean, I all guess. All presidents were lying. Yeah, but like, that's not the story. Yeah, like if the story. story was recreating what those papers found, for example, mm-hmm. like very compelling. 
but it's more about just whether someone should publish. It's like, yeah, no shit, you should publish them. You know, your your newspaper be damned. The people need to know about this. People are dying right now. What kind of a decision is that? Yeah, if if the story was about that, then yeah, it could have been compelling. Yeah. But it wasn't at all. Mm-mm. No. And the most compelling thing about it was just like, oh, these like printing presses like seem pretty cool. Like those are probably exactly how they were. Uh, yeah. Totally. In, the, in 69. Those were the cool scenes. Yep. Um, yes. A lot of cool scenes were just like people were walking around the newsroom and, you know. Yeah, showing the interactions of people within the newspaper organization. The girl drops off the the anonymous package on the, the random guy's desk. Like, right. Are you important here? Yeah. It's like a um, yeah. coffee grinder guy. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, from those newsroom scenes are very reminiscent of all the president's men you know or or our spotlight or any of those other yeah there was a couple that were like almost spot on all all the president's men shots yeah exactly yeah within the newsroom and then the watergate shot at the end yeah exactly probably the exact same shot but yeah the movie's just not that good there was no one running around trying to dig up the story i mean a little bit but not the closest thing was that uh was that like kid running over to uh, New York Times to like spy and like peek at some guys notes in the elevator yeah you know and that that was more about it was less about doing the right thing for the country and more about doing what's right for the newspaper which is like okay I guess selfish people so interesting point just brought up by uh, the statistician here that the main point of this story is basically the relationship between these publishers and the presidents um, and what they really highlight in the movie is the relationship between like um, JFK and uh, what's her name K Tom Hanks's character and oh James J- JFK and Tom Hanks's character and then it was Lyndon Johnson and uh, no, Robert McNamara yeah Robert McNamara and Lyndon Johnson yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, I mean, these relationships between the, the, the presidents and the publishers and the editors of these newspapers essentially made it so you had they had access basically to the presidents and like probably a lot more than they let the public know. And there was like a certain amount of trust there. Those were trusting relationships. And this was a point where basically the newspaper people felt like they were betraying the trust of these politicians because the news about because them wasn't favorable. doing their job. Right. Or supposed to be doing their yeah, job. Yeah, so they had to choose between whether they do their job or, or they go stay to loyal to these presidents and keep their relationship tight. And so, like, Alison Brie can go uh, vacation with JFK's sons and yeah, exactly. you know, still do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it, it all, that is, it's an interesting point. You know, I mean, I, I don't, but it's still, the choice is still not really just between, it's not just about the relationship between these these publishers and the presidents. It's, a, it's the publishers represent the people of the United States and, and basically right. they're standing between the people and the truth. So the truth lying in, in the, the presidents and what's actually going on behind the scenes. And then it goes through this filter that is the publishers to get to the to get to the people and yeah. so it becomes and and i think the reason probably this movie was made in light of what's been going on with like 
I don't want to get political on this show, but like what's been going on with Donald Trump and the media and all yeah, that. Yeah, and like <clears throat> fake news and whatever, but yeah, it's almost it's almost like the lens has completely turned the other way, where it went from like there's really nothing to hide here, so that everything's just reported straight from the White House straight to the people. To suddenly the publishers have a decision to make, and then it becomes like wag the dog, where it's like now that the people trust the media, it's like they can make the media think the media can make the people think a certain way. Yeah. And so it went from like the presidency manipulating the people to the people being manipulated by the press and and vice versa and like so and then the the it goes the other way where then suddenly like the white house has a direct line to the people through social media and then there's like manipulation going on there and so there's all of a sudden it's just this big mess of a bunch of people trying to manipulate a bunch of people back and forth and there's this big <laughs> this is big tug of war basically going on and it's yeah. like what happened to us all, all the people want is they want to know what's really going on and you can't get a straight story from anyone it seems yeah you really can't. Does yeah. the guy who owns Amazon own the Washington Post now? Yeah. Oh, Jeff Bezos? I think so. Post is a good paper now. Is it? Yeah. They have a good crossword puzzle? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's a times thing, right? Yeah, that's a times thing. <laughs> they got the best puzzle? Yeah. No, the Post is good. Uh, I just, I mean, at least their sports page. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't read the post. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't really read newspapers in general. I read. I read the Mark until I got real thin. The Journal. Read the Journal a little bit. I read. I read the Journal online. Yeah. 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 So, I, it's it's interesting in that way where it's kind of like this was this was the linchpin in this relationship between basically the people of the United States and and the White House, and when. Um, they started trying to manipulate things, I guess. But I can't imagine they weren't manipulating things for a while before this. It's just, yeah. this is when it kind of, everything came to light. Of course. Yeah, I think they were probably getting away with stuff for a while, at least since like probably World War One. They were probably getting away with stuff. Sure. Yeah, and basically they would withhold information on the basis that state secrets kept the state safe, you know? And then they probably just took that way too far. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's just a big mess. So everything is just a huge mess. Yeah. And now this podcast is the only news source you can trust. Yeah. Which is only truth. We don't. No spin we're, not, we're proud of that, but it's sad. <laughs> um. All right. Well, where does this uh, where does this rank on your Spielberg movies? Uh, really, it doesn't, it's, I, it doesn't, it's low. Yeah, it's low. But it's that's low. N- that's not really saying much about the movie. I'm just curious about your top Spielberg movies. Mostly, like what is at the top? Yeah, I mean, I'm an Indiana Jones guy through and through. Sure. So I think at the top, I gotta say, um, probably like Temple of Doom is my number one. Um, but I'm just, I really like. I grew up with Spielberg. In my mind, as a kid, Spielberg was like the ultimate movie. Yeah. Maker. Jurassic Park. Oh, I love Jurassic Park. Yeah. I love it. Um, I still, I, you know, I watched the original Jurassic Park like last week. And it's nice. still amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite has to be uh, Catch Me If You Can. I do love Catch Me If You Can. If, if you can believe that. Yeah, no, I do believe that. It's an awesome movie. Yeah. He, I mean, he's still pumping out some hits. Lincoln and Bridge of Spies. 
He does. He's also made some real stinkers like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, uh, you don't like that? No. I still kind of like that. Yeah. I should go back and watch it again. I was very disappointed <laughs> when I first saw it. Yeah, it's because it doesn't, it doesn't touch that. War of the Worlds was awful. Yeah, not great. I really love that book and yeah. that movie was... But I'll good. watch uh, Indiana Jones again for, for Shia, of course. I'll watch it again. I'll give it a... Uh, Munich. Watch. Pretty underrated Spielberg movie. Sure. Great movie. Yeah. Minority Report. Amazing movie. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan, yeah. That might be mine. He kind he could have done like a Saving Private Ryan about Vietnam or something like that, you know, instead of with Tom the Hanks. Post. We'll Tom check Hanks. this out. 1991, yeah, 1993. Uh-huh. Hook, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List. Jesus. Boom, boom, boom. How is that even possible? <laughs> Don't talk shit about Hook. No, please. no. Don't sleep on Hook. <laughs> Do not sleep on Hook. Wow. Made Jaws. The man yeah, made Jaws. He made Jaws. The man scared an entire generation of Americans. Still from, scaring them. Yeah, they can't even go in a freaking hot tub anymore. The terminal. Have you seen the terminal? Yeah, I kind of like that movie. Did you like it? It's about yeah. a guy in a an airport, right? It's just yeah. like Tom Hanks being funny. Yeah, I like Tom Hanks. It's not too bad. I'm pretty confident in saying that Catch Me If You Can is my favorite. AI. I, is I a do good love one. that movie. AI is also good. Yeah, I mean, hell, it's. It's freaking Spielberg, man. Yeah. yeah. Saratoga Catch me if you High School's own. Freaking perfect movie, though. Yeah, Catch Me If You Can is amazing. What a story. See, there's an example of a movie where he chose a, a story that'll blow your freaking mind grapes. Yeah. And then The Post is an example of a movie that the yeah, story kind of sucks, even though the execution was spot on perfect. Yeah. It was not all that interesting. I'm looking forward to Ready Player One. I think we probably all are a little bit. Oh, yeah. That's coming up pretty soon, right? Yeah. Probably summer. Yep. It's nice to see some, uh, like, the how often do you see one director put out movies within six months? Yeah, it's rare. I'm kind of guessing. Well, I mean, Spielberg put out, yeah. But yeah. it is pretty rare, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's a talented dude. Um... You got anything else you want to say about the post, or should we move on? Because we've got a new segment we want to introduce today. Um, we can move on. Uh, I think, what, what would we give it? Five, final ratings? Final ratings? I'm going to go with just a seven. Seven? Seven out of ten. I'll watch it again, but it's not going to be anywhere at the top of my yeah. You know, journalism movie list. I don't want to be the same as you, so I'm going to go a little less and just go six, seven, five. Cool. I like it. It'll make for a weird-looking average yeah. when I finally get the website up. It's an important movie. Is it? Maybe not like is it? entertaining. Is it's it? like in history. Like imagine if you're like from you're not from America, uh-huh. and you think America doesn't have like America has great history and great like yeah it's not a like you might think oh the presidents are all liars but it's actually a very good message for America that like we're strong people and we we're a strong country. I think, I mean, I think the biggest message they were trying to send and what got through to me is, like, Meryl Streep being, like, a woman in 69 and uh, making a big decision like that. Yeah, that's right. And it it wasn't so subtle throughout the movie um, when they were trying to get that across, like, when they had that dinner scene. Right. Where it was just, like... All right, the women are gonna get up and go talk about clothes, and the men are gonna talk about important like decisions. Yeah, it was like Bob McNamara and like Meryl Streep was there. Mm-hmm. 
that wasn't so subtle. But and she's like straddling the line between. I think that was like. Yeah. I feel like it's important in that facet more than anything else. And that's a good point. And and in in light of what's been going on in Hollywood and every industry today, um, with basically a modern women's movement, it's yeah. yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's a really good time for a movie like this to come out. So from that regard, yeah, I think that it's yeah. an important movie. And both of what you guys, the things you said, is very valid. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, there you go. Before we get into our new segment, mailbag, we finally got some submissions from uh, some from some listeners. We're very excited about that. We've actually got a sponsor. So this is our first uh, first little ad. Uh, don't skip it. No need to skip it. It's going to be short. Um, this week's uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Yuki Yuki Sticker Shop. Uh, www.shopyukiyuki.com that's shop s-h-o-p yuki y-u-k-i y-u-k-i shopyukiyuki.com yukiyuki.com is a website uh, that sells stickers and pins and you got you brought a couple in here I got a couple here yeah video game themed Uh, there's uh, some computer stuff Bitcoin stickers, very cool Ethereum, designs here. Super cool designs, uh, some hyper realistic stuff, some fun cartoony stuff. Uh, I think you guys are gonna really dig them, and uh, we were fortunate enough to uh, to land a little Teenage sponsorship from them. So, mutant ninja squirtles. Teenage mutant ninja <laughs> squirtles. Yeah, yeah. I love so it. If I love that intrigues you at all, if you if you need some uh, some new bling for your laptop or uh, your notebooks or whatever, check it out. These are these are pretty sweet. We really like these. Yeah, thank you. So thanks, Yuki Yuki, and uh, keep coming back. Um, now, moving on to a uh, yeah, new section. We new like segment. We have a sound clip in the, in the works, probably, I'm sure. It's probably been a... We've been waiting for mail for weeks. Uh, the, everyone's probably waiting on us, but... Uh, good questions in I um, think uh, let's start with this let's one we start with Matt McKinley yeah yeah uh, he was not happy with the way we're talking about uh, basketball basketball movies, movies yeah um, he writes in and says quad M issue basketball is not easy to fake in movies Teen Wolf Wesley Snipes Kevin Bacon the list goes on for terrible basketball acting <laughs> and then he uh, he goes on and writes in some a lot of uh, Disney Channel movies. Yeah, he's. I was trying to tell him that Luck of the Irish and Double Team were some fine examples of basketball High school musical. <laughs> High school musical. Of course those are bad. Yeah, he trashed them all. Uh, said that only Woody was good in White Man Can't Jump. Uh, and he wasn't a fan of the Eric Was there Team Basketball or the Basketball Diaries. Or is that what he's saying? Or is he Team saying Wolf. He liked those. No, I don't think he likes didn't those. like those. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, he didn't mention all the good... Of course not. Uh, basketball movies. Sure did. Um, what's your What's your favorite basketball performance? Oh boy! I mean, how can you talk about movie basketball and not talk about Space Jam? Yeah. I'd say that right off the bat. Everyone was pretty good in Space Jam, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say Kim that was dunks in the beginning. Yeah, a kid dunks. Flubber? Are you uh, gonna tell me Flubber wasn't a great basketball? Michael movie? Jordan was in Space Jam. Larry Bird was in Space Jam. Oh my God, the list goes on. Um, Another one is uh, the movie Trainwreck. Trainwreck. LeBron James is in that movie. Yeah, the uh, LeBron James. He's, uh, he's very good at basketball. Absolutely. Thunderstruck with Kevin Durant. 
<laughs> yeah, excellent basketball player. What was he on there? Very good act- actor. Hoosiers. Yeah, basketball. Basketball. Not even really a basketball movie. No, but excellent basketball playing. Excellent playing. Real, uh, real convincing. The cable guy. Have you seen the cable guy? I've seen the cable guy. Of course, I've seen the cable guy. Jim Carrey at yeah. his finest. Jim Carrey really knows how to play basketball. He sure does. Along came Polly. Along came. Along came the list goes. Yeah, they just act Great like they're man. act like they're terrible. Yeah. It's so good. Rest All right. Peace. So I think we'll put that one to rest there. Yeah. Matt, I'm sorry to say, way more good performances. Great, Margot. But thanks for writing in and please write yeah, in again. Please tweet. We really loved hearing from tweet, you. Tweet, sorry. Um, our second one comes uh, comes to us. Uh, Hello, movie boys. This one's an email, by the way. Hello, movie boys. With all the movie remakes and long-awaited sequels released over the last few years, it seems to me that people are getting burnt out on studios rehashing old IPs. Personally, I think what re, uh, that remakes can be a great opportunity to revisit stories. So my question to you, my question to you, sorry, with an exclamation point. If you had a chance to build your perfect movie remake, what would it be? Who would you cast in key roles? And why do you feel like this movie deserves a remake? Love the show and don't go a Chang'in. Honestly, I wish I had more time between when I read this and like literally sat down and like mapped out a full cast for mm-hmm. some movies I want remade but I mean you you had a good one right oh yeah I hands down this was this is the one that I want to make this is the one I've been wanting to see but a, a remake of the Count of Monte Cristo and I'm not talking the 2002 movie was very good don't get me wrong and the original is also very good um, but the book is so much deeper than this, those are very simplified versions uh, that, that, they, that they have in the original movies. And what I want to see is that that's like an 800-page novel split. It was a serialized sort of movie. So I think it would work better as a series or a series of movies. Um, there's so much more character development, so much more manipulation, so, more, so many more really deep human, uh, human scenes and... Um, just a lot of amazing characters that are just completely left out of those movies. So I think that is my vote. Um, in the, the I don't sp- know the story. I don't know. Like, I haven't seen any of the movies. I don't know mm-hmm. anything about it. Um, so you'd have to, like, give me some casting. Like, yeah, who, so... Who are you trying to cast in the movie? So, um, like, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's hard since you haven't seen it. I know uh, our statistician has seen at least the 2002 version of Monte Cristo, mm-hmm. and you really enjoy it. Um, I would say maybe Christian Bale as the Count would be pretty sick. And then uh, for Mercedes, maybe like uh, Anna de Armas. I think she would, she would be a good one for that. Uh, I haven't really thought too much about the cast. There are just so many characters that aren't even in the movies that are in the book that are super compelling. So I could, I could come up with a, with a better list, but that would be, that would be my vote for yeah. a remake. Um, every movie I think about, some of my favorite older movies are movies that it would be tough to have a remake like uh, I I can't think of a good story like I keep thinking wanted to remake Rear Window yeah but uh, like you're not going to touch either Jimmy Stewart or uh, Grace Kelly's performance in in that movie no maybe you could do like a modern version of it though yeah exactly so get someone get someone like uh, I don't know 
Seth Rogen. And, uh, yeah, that'd be funny. Anna de Armas. Sure. <laughs> just all our movies are just starring Anna de Armas. And, uh, make it, uh, make it pretty funny. Yeah, that could be great. I think I would enjoy that. Yeah, for sure. What a great question, though. Like, I, hey, I think, and, like, and, and I listeners, if you have suggestions, send them, send them in, and yeah, we'll, we'll share them next week on the podcast. So if, you, if there's a movie that you think should be remade and you've got those casting decisions, write to us. Uh, email us at mmmmmpod at gmail.com. I'm trying to think of a good story that was terribly made or, like, not made. Well, some of those older movies well, don't have, like, as deep of casts as they do nowadays. No, like, if you, yeah. Like, The Sting, if... You you can't you can't replicate Newman and and uh, Redford. But yeah, good you luck. can maybe get like a deeper cast with a lot of good actors. Uh, remaking. Yeah, I think the key to those are like you don't really exactly you know relaunch it exactly as it was, but maybe you sidestep a little bit and make something uh, something new with the, with a similar storyline yeah. and, and just and with a different setting. That's kind of the way Disney does it. Right, they just change the setting a little bit and, sure. and reboot it. So I think, well, yeah, you're picking great, great movies and great stories. And I don't think that's the way to go about that question. Is well, maybe I don't know because I mean those are yeah they're modern day classics, but not everyone has probably seen those or has been exposed to them. And the reason being is because they when they came out, when they came out in like the '60s, it's it's hard to get people to sit down and watch them in modern day. But if you did it, if you if you relaunch them, it would be a chance to revisit the stories and their compelling stories. Yeah. So I, think I agree. A lot of Great question. I like it. I want to revisit that question. Get a lot more thought than like. Yeah, and we can. We you can do. You know, we can go back to it. Send us a follow up question on that one. Maybe next episode. Keep keep that thing going. Oh yeah, just send it in the. Uh, Send in some thoughts of your own, like some movies that you want to be see remade. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you if you get some of those off. Absolutely, for sure. Um, yeah, so great. Anyway, thanks for uh, participating in the in the mailbag, and we really look forward to uh, to your future questions and input. Um, I think uh, you ready to make predictions for next week? Hey, dig the Styles. Um, I don't know much about this movie, but it looks great. It does. It's got um, Christian Bale. Our boy Christian. Yeah, he just mentioned him. Uh, from the same director as Out of the Fire. Out of the Furnace, I Out believe. Out of the Furnace, yeah. Um, just sake. Yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah. Um, Rosamund Pike. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plus it's a Western. Who else? Ben Foster, maybe? Yeah, Ben mm-hmm. Foster. Yeah, it's a western with all those people in it, and it looks pretty good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict seven. Wow, Standard. seven, huh? <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty bold. Oh, uh, fuck off! I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict a seven and a half. <laughs> all right, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons, Jesse Plemons. Meth Damon himself. Meth Damon. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm gonna predict a uh, six and kind of hope it grows from there. Seven and a half and a six. Yes, sir. I hope it's better than a six. So do I. Always do. I love to raise that by two or three notches. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Uh, good sewed. Good cast. Thanks for the input, munchers. We really appreciate you guys reaching yeah. out to us. 
Love talking to you guys. Uh, thanks to uh, shopyukiyuki.com. Check that out. Buy some stickers. Uh, and thanks to you, munchers. Absolutely. Thanks to you guys. Yeah. We do for the munchers. We sure do. Um, I'm, I'm Nick Owen. I'm Michael Brown. Thanks for munching. Mm-hmm.